Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. The New Jersey Devils came out victorious against the New York Rangers, and they made the second period their period. Jack Hughes was able to net his 100th career goal, but I expect big things from him next year. You guys probably already know where I'm getting with that. And also, Ryan Graves now has a career high in points himself. There's a lot to talk about from this win. It's so much to digest, and there's just so much to talk about that I can't do it alone. So I'm bringing in Jersey Joe once again to do a crossover, and he's going to give his opinions on the show as well. There's a lot to discuss. Buckle up. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast. You're on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. And before we bring in Jersey Joe to discuss this 7-4 victory by the Devils against the New York Rangers, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in to yesterday's episode because it was sort of an interesting, unorthodox episode, if you would, because I did the show live. I gave you guys my live reaction to the trade deadline for the New Jersey Devils, I was like Bill O'Reilly. I just said, F it, I'll do it live. And uh, like I said, it was a very interesting episode to do. The New Jersey Devils didn't really do anything, but it should get fans somewhat excited for the offseason because uh, the Devils still have a lot of pieces that they could possibly deal away. So we could, you know, maybe trade away someone like Pavel Zaka, Mackenzie Blackwood. Obviously, you've got players like Damon Severson, who is not eligible for an extension until he turns 29. And then you got players like P.K. Subban and Jimmy Vc who might not be with the team after this year because this is the final years of their respective contracts. You got P.K. Subban. He is at the end of his monstrous deal dating back to his Montreal Canadiens days. And then you got Jimmy Vc. He was originally signed to a one-year deal after putting up a good performance during training camp. And he was originally a PTO player. So uh, Jimmy Vc might not be with the team next year. But, you know, I've seen crazier things happen. But anyway... Let's focus on this game for the New Jersey Devils. So before I bring in Jersey Joe, like I said, he's back on the show to give his overall reactions to this awesome win by the New Jersey Devils. I just want to say a few things, which is uh, for starters, this was a very good win for the New Jersey Devils. They were able to make the second period their period. You got players like Jack Hughes and Ryan Graves uh, achieving milestones. Jack Hughes getting his 100th career uh, point, and then you got... Ryan Graves getting a career high in points, and Ryan Graves seems to be coming into full fruition playing with the New Jersey Devils, and I'm excited to see what Jack Hughes could possibly do next year. Jersey Joe and I discuss it later on in the episode, and we also talk about like the potential draft for the Devils. We talk about future signings. We talk about the overall roster structure. We talk all things Devils, not just this game, but just everything that's going on with the organization. Jersey Joe is a great guy to talk to, and also it's worth mentioning, guys, that I said the Devils would play better after the trade deadline. Obviously, this is one game, and usually you want to take that kind of prediction with a grain of salt, but uh, because, you know, I I need to see the Devils play in a few more games to see if, like, that overall prediction that I said would come true. But I just said, given the amount of players that uh, were potentially on the trading block for the Devils, I just said 
pump the brakes. Maybe it's just getting to them mentally a little bit. Maybe a lot of players are just under stress because they don't know where they're going to go. You know, you got players like P.K. Subban. I said, did he potentially play his final game at the Prudential Center for the Devils? And ultimately, I just said, like, I'm, we're going to see Subban in a Devils uniform uh, past the trade deadline because, unfortunately, just given the amount of money that he is owed this season – I don't think there's really a team that's going to be picking up the phone for Subban services. So once again, I'm open to bringing back Subban. And I mentioned in, in this crossover with Jersey Joe, but like I said, I said the Devils would play better. And so far they have been playing better. So still early, don't want to jump to conclusions, but I've talked long enough. Let's do this crossover with Jersey Joe once again, for the first time with someone that is not one of my colleagues here at Locked On. I am doing a post-game reaction episode with somebody else. This time it's Jersey Joe returning to the show once again, take it away. The New Jersey Devils were finally able to win against the New York Rangers by a score of 7-4. to four. They made the second period theirs once again. Usually the second period doesn't go too well for the New Jersey Devils, but this time around, they made Shashurskin look outright foolish in period number two. And the New Jersey Devils' offense, the firepower, since the All-Star break is finally back after that horrendous Western Canadian trip in which they dropped back-to-back-to-back games 6-3. Uh, the trade deadline has passed now, first game after it, and I think a lot of players are mentally back in it right now, focused, especially since the Devils didn't do anything at the trade deadline. Now joining me on the show is Jersey Joe, friend of the show. Uh, he was on my last episode when he helped me react to the trade deadline live. Uh, hope that was the first time that I've ever done a live show and hopefully we don't have any technical difficulties this time around but Joe how you doing my friend doing great what what a big bet that was <laughs> oh my god oh my god bro thank you for breaking that up okay 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 so for anyone for anyone who does not know what Jersey Joe is talking about apparently some idiot uh placed a hundred and fifty thousand dollars on the New York Rangers to win and that could have been, had the Rangers won, that would have been like a 250000 payout or, or something like that. And, and, and the Devils ended up winning. So why would you bet that much money for a Rangers and Devils game? That's my first question. $150,000? Oh, man. Yeah. He, oh. Be, he or she better have a really good CPA listening into the podcast. And maybe they should have a sponsor. Uh, for this live read, who knows? But I will say this tax harvesting after a big loss to our good old New Jersey Devils. Remember we got heckled on a live stream the other day? I yeah, do. karma, baby. Karma, karma with a capital K. So here's a tweet that the Devils uh, released. They said, to all those who messaged us about the person who bet $150,000 on the Rangers tonight asking for us to roast them, Looks like their life choices did that for us already. <laughs> Again, I always say, guys, please gamble responsibly. That is the definition of irresponsible gambling. Please gamble responsibly. Now, if this guy is, or, or girl, or whatever the case might be, if, if they're like a millionaire or a billionaire, go nuts, okay? That's pocket change to you, but... Um, I'm going to presume that they're not, but either way, $150,000, that's a lot of money. So I really hope this person is very wealthy and it doesn't really hurt though, but oh boy, that's a, uh, that, that's a tough pill to swallow. I caramba. Yeah. I, 
I, I will say this, like, that person's odds did look good, two to nothing the first period, but I'm sure you can lead this next segment into the second period. <laughs> yes, you're right. So, uh, you're right. First period, Devils went down two nothing. Um, uh, first goal of the game by the Rangers, just right place, right time. Just, um, Dawes was able to make a big stop, unfortunately, like I said, went off his leg paddings and found Zibanejad. And it's, it was just right place, right time for the Rangers. Nothing Dawes can do that time around. And then Adam Fox was able to make it a two nothing game later on in the period. And I think that's one that um, Dawes would like back because looking at the replay, it looked like it ricocheted off his body and he, he mm-hmm. and it just missed his blocker or something like that. And I've seen Dawes do that a few times where, you know, it seems like he's in the right position, but he doesn't uh, place his hands in the right, uh, in, in the right um, place, if that makes sense. So uh, in, in terms of positioning, he's in the right trajectory, but in terms of just making the full-fledged stop, he kind of falls short of that, but he's a young goalie. But mistakes like that are going to happen. Um, so, you know, like I said, um, it, it looked like it was going to be one of those days for the New Jersey Devils. It looked like it was going to be one of those long dog day type of July kind of games for the, for the Devils because <laughs> they went down 2 nothing. And I even tweeted out, I was like, uh, looks like it's going to be one of those games once again. But um, they were able to, they were able to make the second period their period. I even, uh, I even trolled. I said, this is your uh, Vesna trophy winner. Pitiful, <laughs> very pitiful. It- I will put it this way, like Shesterkin got the Devils the recent game, but the Devils came out with determination, perseverance, and a vengeance all in one period. Now, with that being said, you had Hamilton, you had the seared ham coming in with some seared tuna, and tuna and Hamilton getting on the board, being you know, like Tuna of old, I mean, he's getting those two goals tonight. And I know there were some score changes that they made uh, rulings, but still Tuna had a really great game. And Brat once again strikes again. Uh, you and I called it earlier, Yegor Sharangovich. Yep, Sharangovich continues to um, just have his comeback uh, tour during the second half of the season. And uh, Jack Hughes being there, I think it's paid all the dividends for him. And I'm excited to see what Sharon Govich could potentially do next year. But, um, yeah, Sharon Govich, th- th- that man, he- he's proven why, you know, he wasn't just a fluke last year. I, I mean, I'll be honest, I was kind of worried for him in- during the first half of the year. But he's made a complete turnaround, and he should be very proud of his overall development. And, yeah, you're right, Sharon Govich. I think he's a real deal. And I think he'll be a great centerpiece for the devils moving forward as, you know, he eases his way into being uh, a top six player once again, because during the first half of this year, he was, uh, he was actually a healthy scratch a couple of times because he was struggling, but Jack Hughes was out. So, you know, there's, there's that. So overall uh, it was just a great team effort from the New Jersey devils scoring five unanswered goals against the New York Rangers in period number two. Uh, let, let me be clear, guys, like this isn't an easy victory for the Devils by any stretch of the imagination. The, the Rangers are one of the top teams in the Metropolitan Division. And that's just and that's just Shurskin. I get he's young. I get he's in his second year. 
I get the Devils gave him his first two career shutouts last year, but this is a Vesna trophy winner or capable of winning one, you know, and, 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 you know, I don't want, you know, jokes aside, he is the real deal. He just didn't have a good outing this game and thank the Lord he didn't, but uh, he, he was looking pretty good uh, to begin the game. I will say this, like I looked at him like analytically before the game and his development over in the MHL all the way through the KHL before getting to uh, the NHL, his numbers has really risen above a lot of other goaltenders his age and he really is above that bell curve. If he can stay the way he is for a Ranger goaltender. And maybe if Georgiev or anyone else could be stable in that, if he's not going to have a bad outing, then they'll be fine. But if this kind of game happens a couple times in the playoffs uh, with the Rangers in the first round, I'm standing by what I said the other day to those guys who heckled us on our live stream. So, you know, it makes oh, me. By the way, about... by the way, I have, for for the people who did heckle us during our live podcast, I got two things to say to you. I can't say the strong word because I am a family friendly show, but screw you. <laughs> so, I was reading someone on Twitter said, "Oh, well, this is something that the Devils have learned a lot about." And I said, "Yeah, like before Dawes, we weren't as good as." we are now with him and maybe Hammond. So now we know what it's like to see what happens when your best guy goes down and has a bad game. So now they got a little bit of what we had on the West coast. Yeah. So that, that, that Canadian Western trip for the devils, absolutely awful. I don't know how you lose three consecutive games in a row, six, three, because we lost to the Canucks six, three, we lost to the Flames 6-3. We lost to the Oilers 6-3. I don't know how that, that happens. <laughs> and they're all, all three of them were Canadian Western teams. So it's just like, uh, I'm, I just said, I hope after the trade deadline, the Devils come to once again, because I think a lot of people are just nervous, mentally not there because they don't know what's going to happen. Because the Devils, despite having a relatively quiet trade deadline, they still had a lot of players rumored to, to maybe be traded, including like P.K. Subban, uh, Pavel Zaka, uh, Andreas Janssen, Jimmy Vesey, um, Mackenzie Blackwood was in some discussions. However, I don't think it was all that serious. I think they're going to wait until the offseason to see if maybe like he can potentially be moved. But overall, you know, uh, quiet trade deadline. I think the only two things for the Devils was that uh, Christian Yaros was able to clear waivers. And then uh, obviously we got Andrew Hammond from the uh, Canadians and not really much to judge from him, but overall, I just said, okay, after the trade deadline, this usually happens in a lot of sports. Usually when a team is like in the midst of a lot of trade discussions and rumors for a new player, whatever the case might be, because, you know, the devils were linked to Connor Garland and Brock Besser. And we might try again during the course of the offseason. I would expect them to. And, you know, especially with that first round draft pick coming into play, maybe the devils can, you know, maybe just manipulate into getting another key player. Cause I think we're past drafting right now. We're, we're, we're past just drafting. Well, I, I will, I've said this before, not only to you, I've said this to Neil and I've said this before, like 
right after the Lottie Brawls land, if the Devils stand in the top 10, there's still a plenty of number of guys I like on that board. And Shimon Nemetz, he's a right-handed defenseman from Slovakia. He's already got a contract through 2015, but it's not like the KHL contract, so you might be able to get something done sooner, but I could be wrong on that. It's Like I said, it's contractual, but this guy is very hyper-energetic, very fluid. He can score, whether it's a snapper or wrister, you know, pretty much does it all. And, you know, right-handed and right-handed defensemen don't grow off trees. And analytically, he has the highest star rating and the, one of the highest NHL probability of all the defensemen in the, this year's NHL draft. So I've seen video of him and the numbers prove it. Yeah. I mean, we're still decent away from the draft and since the trade deadline has passed, I think I will focus more on potential draft picks for the devils. Like on this show, I, I like to just, you know, focus on like, you know, the draft when it's closer. So like, I don't think I talked about the draft for the devils until like, May or June or that kind of thing. I, I even though that they were projected to get possibly get Luke Hughes with the because Luke Hughes was projected to be the first overall pick before uh, before Owen Power, and but then you know Luke Hughes gets hurt, he gets a lower body injury, and then he drops a couple spots. And I was just like, you know, I'll focus on Luke Hughes, I'll focus on Matt Beniers, Owen Power, um, you know, all those guys. Once we get closer to the oh, yeah. to, to the draft, once our season is over, once it's a clear idea of where we're going to land, kind of thing, because I knew the Devils were going to get a top five pick. I just knew it. You know, I I just said I know we're not very lucky, but I know we're going to get a top five pick at least. It would be a miracle if we got the first overall pick, but uh, we really don't need it. We don't need it. We got Heizer, we got Hughes, and speaking of Hughes, the kid, one hundred career points. Now, that is a great milestone. However, I hope he doubles that come next year and he gets 200 career points or around that area <laughs> once he gets 100 points alone in a season because he was on pace to do that this year. Had he not gotten injured, he, he would have gotten it, I think, with ease or with at least in striking distance. So, fun fact, you talk about the way he can score. Well, if you look at tonight's game and you add tonight's points up. So by law of average, he is a 0.63 point player per game. But the season he ranks 24th overall amongst all NHL centers, given the fact he's only 20 years old and in May he'll be able to buy a beer at legal age in the state of New Jersey and the US and he's not even in his prime yet and he's a 1.14 uh, points per game type player now so he's jumped up by like what 0.51 or something basis points for points per game player I could be mathematically a little bit off but you know what I mean? It's he's got a lot of high potential to just keep going at what he's doing. He is the future. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And it's just amazing what he's been able to do this year. How much he's been able to salvage this season? Because I'll be honest with you, when he got injured and was projected that he would be out for at least four weeks, 
he, he was projected to be reevaluated in four weeks, not come back in four weeks, be reevaluated. So I was just like, you know what? Uh, this was before the NHL uh, said that none of their players were going to go to the Olympics. I said, yeah, Olympics are pretty much out the door. All-stars out the door. Now, when he comes back, it's just to see what he could potentially do. Just run and gun, see, see how much he could salvage. He salvaged a whole lot. The breakaway challenge, the all-star game. Snubbed from an all-star uh, MVP, by the way. Just, just putting that out there. Yeah, yeah. Giroud. That, it, to me, it doesn't make sense. Honestly, like it could have been Hughes or anyone else in that all-star game. Yeah, I get you. I get you. But um, going back to Hughes, it's just like this kid is future. And I'm so grateful that he's on our team because um, I, 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 he's just completely changed my mind as the overall process for the Devils. He's actually – um, if this makes sense, he's actually rushed our process even faster because I don't think anyone after his rookie year, I don't think anyone anticipated for Hughes to be making this significant amount of improvement because last year was an improvement. And I was just like, okay, he's heading in the right direction. And then this year, this year, the all-star season, um, showing everyone he is not a bus, showing everyone he is the real deal, showing everyone he didn't need to go to college to, um, to, to prove anything when he scored that goal, I, I believe it was the last goal of the game the, for the devils. And I was just the backhander. Was a, yeah. The backhander wide open. I'm just like, Oh my God. I was literally like jumping up and down. I'm like, Hughes. Uh, and, 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 and going back a little bit, like, remember when the Rangers were on a two on one situation, I'm like, Oh great. The Rangers are about to make this a one up uh, a one goal game. Nope. They, they completely, uh, they, they dropped the bag. They blundered it, turn it over, three-on-one, wide open, Jack Hughes scores. I'm just like, hell yes, kid, hell yes. I was, <laughs> I, I was excited. I, I will say this, like, the Devils have the youth, the speed, the agility to make up for those uh, misreads, but the Rangers, they pinch at the wrong time, like, it's kind of like the movie The Patriot where the dragoons begin to jump into like the main attack and then all of a sudden they get counteracted by you know the American militia and they get beat by the American uh, cavalry and artillery and it's just like you know you're looking for a mismatch in a bloodbath mismatch bloodbath and Devils came out victorious. Hey, uh, Joe, going back to our to one of our talking points, uh, we we were talking about betting. You're not a betting person, are you? I'm a, like I said the other day. I'm I'm a stocks guy, so I I like I like you know scoping out things, you know assets near term and hope for the long term. Well, for the person who betted 150k on the New York Rangers, I dedicate this library to you. May your wallet rest in peace. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BattleLine.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BattleLine remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BattleLine is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. 
Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bound line where the game starts. Hey, uh, Rangers fan who bet at 150K on uh, the, the Rangers. Uh, please remember to gamble responsibly next time and visit our friends at Locked On Bets uh, for all your betting needs there as well. Maybe they could have uh, uh, helped you in that instance. Now, uh, second <laughs> live read, Joe, uh, I got to ask you this. Does your car break down? Like frequently? No. If my bike breaks down, then I'm, I'm sure out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if your car ever does break down, uh, I got something that might help you. So with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and miles, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter or is the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? rockauto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every consumer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com, everybody. So going back to the game, Devils um, come out victorious 7-4. What were your initial thoughts like throughout the entirety of the game? Like we've been all over the board. We've been talking about how they started, how they finished, you know, some of some players, but was, was there a player that surprised you uh, this game? Player that surprised. Well, it's not so much Dawson Mercer. To me, it was more about getting Yeager, Sharon Govich going again. And to me, his game has really, turned around like we talked about a little bit and I would have to say not Jesper but I really like the way Jonas Siegenthaler and Dougie Hamilton are steadily becoming more not just offensive but more defensively stalwarts where like Ryan Graves really looked solid not just on the stat sheet but like defensively he was helped thwarting a lot of ranger breakouts and he did reach a milestone tonight too and i tweeted at uh the ryan graves fan page oh the ryan graves fan page i love him i love alan uh let's see let's let's bring it up real fast so let's see i believe amanda stein says something on that. okay there we go that's 16 goals for rookie dawson mercer assist will go to ryan graves his second point of the night uh, this is also ryan this also ties Ryan Graves, his career high for points in a season with 26 points. He currently sits at five goals, 21 assists for a grand total of 26 points. Also came in 58 games uh, versus 69 games in 2019-2020 for the Colorado Avalanche. So new career best for Ryan Graves. Um, can I say that we won that Maltsov trade? Like the Colorado Avalanche were, were forced to expose potentially Ryan Graves in the expansion draft because they could only hold on to a certain amount of defensemen, but not wanting to give up Ryan Graves for essentially nothing. They had no choice, but to bite the bullet and just say, okay, fine. We'll get a mouth slip off your hands. You can take Ryan Graves. And I was just like, I think there's something special about Ryan Graves. I just think they're, you know, it might not show up in the score sheet and yes, he might be, you know, uh, hounded on in with all those great players in Colorado, especially with uh, Kale McCarr. Yeah. It's like, 
I think there is something that could translate from his success in Colorado to, uh, to, to New Jersey. And I just said, look at his plus minus from a few years ago. Look at his defensive shares. And I think this kid is onto something. Well, another thing is like his, his shot blocking skills and his overall being able to play physical and keep people away from the crease as much as possible, or as they call it, the no fun zone these days. So I really like the way he's turning the devil's defensive playing schemes is going to be a blueprint for the guys like a Vukovic or a Muhammad Doolin uh, coming in to New Jersey, eventually the next year or few. And, you know, I like the devil's defense now. It's just got to be uh, the staff for next season has to be a little bit more uh, solid with goaltending. Yeah, goaltending will definitely be a big factor next year. But, you know, we got Mackenzie Blackwood. He is a question mark next year. Jonathan Bernier is also a question mark next year because there's no guarantee that either one of those players will be returning for New Jersey. You got Bernier. He could just retire. He's pretty much done everything at the NHL level. And, um, you know, he's won the championship. He's been a starter. He's been a backup. He's seen a lot of things. He's been infamous for not knowing who Nelson Mandela was. But, you know, that's beside the point. <laughs> um, Mackenzie Blackwood seems like he's sped up with New Jersey. Maybe they can, um, you know, shake and make up. We'll see what happens. But um, this offseason is going to be interesting for New Jersey. I can feel it. I think they're going to be one of the teams to have a splash off at uh, off season, excuse me, because we were able to get Dougie Hamilton long-term. We were able to get our guy in the draft, Luke Hughes. A lot of people aren't so lucky to get their top choice in the draft, unless you're the first overall pick, unless you're the first overall pick, usually you don't get your top choice. Um, but we were lucky enough to do so. So I think it was a very successful offseason for us. We got Thomas Tatar. You know, I thought he could be a top six kind of guy. Got Jonathan Bernier. I thought he was going to be our legitimate backup goalie. Then he got hurt. So we had a pretty, pretty good offseason. But I think we can have an even better one come this summer. Like, like I said before, you see the Devils go big game hunting once again. Like I mentioned recently, like they're going to have, you know, the money they are going to reinvest in Jesper Bratt's contract. I could see him minimal four years. I'd like to see him get at least $7 million. Because, you know, Jack's making about $3 million per. So you want to have him at least half of that time during that contract. But I would like to max him out at eight years. So that way, or seven years, depending on, you know, the contract. So that way you can get to keep that core intact. Now, with that hang on, hang on hang on hang on hang on don't you think that's a bit of a risk especially since yes we're brought yes he's having a career year don't you think that's a bit of a risk because there's no guarantee that he's going to have this type of season next year i say two three years just to see if he is actually legitimately the real deal because i talked to neil about this and you know neil said that he knew yes brought had something special in him but i'm just more on the safe side because i'm just like Okay, he had a good year this year, but look at his other seasons as well. 
just 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 putting that out there. So it's just like no one projected for him to have. I I didn't project for him to have this type of season. I don't think anyone anticipated for him to have this monstrous season. So seven years after this great year, don't you think that's a bit risky? I mean, look, if you do it on the shorter term, it's not as risque, but you're making a move it, a move it, prove it type deal. Like we want you to move into these next couple of seasons and show us that you're worth that much and go out there again and do it. And there are cases where players that rather do a one-year deal and, you know, live a contract again and get paid as much as they can again. Well, we'll see what happens. So, Joe, we pretty much have talked to anything. Do you have any, like, final thoughts that you want to share before we wrap up? Final thoughts? I want Devils fans who said that they were unimpressed at the trade deadline. I will tell you this. The first, this is the first time in a long time this team was not a seller, becoming more of an outlier in a good way where they weren't selling off assets for, for picks and harvesting. They're in the business of adding for now, near term and longer term, and they're going to be more progressive in that way. I will say this again, that they're going to go be game hunting once again. Ownership is is standing behind Tom Fitzgerald, and Fitzgerald knows what he can do with that kind of cap space, and he can do a lot with it. Now, for those who are the most skeptical, they start listening to these podcasts, whether it's Trey's or even Neil's or even occasionally mine, but even some other Devils podcasts you can listen to that I will say this once again, you know, with the season starting to wrap up, you're, you're seeing this team is binding together very well. And if they can keep playing like this with really solid goaltending the next season, then I think you should feel very good about what you have here. I I personally feel really good about it, especially after tonight's game. All right. You heard from Jersey Joe. You heard from me. Very impressive game from the New Jersey Devils. Got off to a slow start, but they made that second period their period, scoring five unanswered goals. And Joe, like I do for any uh, post-game reaction, you know what I do? I got to compare the final, the final stats and then give a final letter grade. So shots on goal differential, 35 to 31. Face-off percent in favor of the Rangers. Face-off percentage, 52% to 48% in favor of the Devils. Uh, Rangers were one for one in their power play opportunities. Devils were one for three. Hits, 24 to 18 in favor of the Rangers. Blocks, 17 to nine in favor of the Devils. Giveaways, Devils led that department, eight to five. So um, when look at the Devils, they just came back down to earth after the trade deadline. You saw someone like P.K. Subban, he was able to score this game. I think that was a message to Tom Fitzgerald and the organization saying, hey, I'm getting better, so you you might as well just try to give me a two-year uh, extension that's not expensive. But, you know, I'm open to bringing back P.K. Subban for a couple, for like a year or two for, for cheap money, obviously, because I would I think he would benefit our bottom four. But, you know, that's why I'm not a GM. I'm an, art, I'm an armchair uh, general manager. <laughs> but uh, overall – 
this was a great showing from the New Jersey Devils, and they always play the Rangers close. Like, despite the Rangers being one of the top teams in the Metropolitan Division, the Devils always play them close. Like, they were able to walk away with a point in their uh, in one of their last two matchups. Obviously, they weren't able to win, but this time around, they get to two points. So, giving a final letter grade, I'm actually going to give the Devils an A for that second period alone. Just because you scored five unanswered goals, you made a Vesna Trophy um, finalist look outright foolish, and you just competed and you didn't give up. Prime example, once again, two-on-one situation in the late half of the game. It looked like it was about to be a one-goal game. Uh, Rangers blundered it, and the Devils were able to capitalize on their mistake. And they uh, went on a three-on-one, and Jack Hughes was able to score with ease, wide open net, because Shashurskin didn't know what to do. So things like that I love to see from the Devils. And, you know, those those uh, couple goals didn't really come back to hurt the Devils in any which sort of way. Uh, it looked like momentarily, but overall the, the Devils were able to just uh, silence the Rangers. And I, I have to say this, there was a pool of Rangers fans at the Prudential Center to begin the game. I saw it. I saw it on TV, <laughs> and once that game uh, was out of hand for the Rangers, that sea of blue went right over the Hudson River, <laughs> out of New Jersey. So it, it looks like it was like going to be one of those away home games for the Rangers because it looked like there were a lot more Rangers fans than Devils fans. I saw the blue, and it was all blue for a minute. But then, out you go. Go back to I know. <laughs> go over the Hudson River and don't come back. Go over the Hudson River, past Grandma's house, down the Yellow Brick Road, whatever the case might be. <laughs> Careful of the tornadoes so they don't get you. I I will I will say this like I usually don't throw off the letter grade right away, but like the first period was uh, D minus, close to an F. Uh, but I will say this, the second period was an A plus, bring it to a B, a B plus rating. But then the, the third period for me was a complete A minus because there were points where the Rangers could have turned things over a little bit, but the Devils held their own. With that being said, I have to say it's an, it's an A and not an A plus. Okay, fair enough. I, I respect that. You know, not 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 too much of a differential, but A nonetheless for the New Jersey Devils for a great effort. So once again, Jersey Joe, thanks for taking the time to do this. Really appreciate you. And where can my listeners and also audience on YouTube find you? Well, for those of you, I'm actually at overtimeheroicshockey.net. So I'm the Devils co- coverage guy and the draft coverage guy there. And I do have my own podcast. I go on there a little bit. It's called Heads Up Hockey, and I'm on anchor.fm. And sometimes I go on YouTube, so don't be surprised that you see my hot takes from there. And, you know, just in, just not necessarily inside scoops, but everything else that I'm willing to provide. So for uh, when anyone needs me. Awesome. Thanks again, Jersey Joe. New Jersey Devils come out victorious 7-4, to four, and they silence that Rangers crowd at the Prudential Center. They should be very proud of their overall effort. 
Great job from the Devils. Now let's see if they can keep this offensive momentum going. And on the way to Toronto and say, oh, Canada. Oh, hopefully we're not saying, oh, boy. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. You don't want to be hearing that uh, that Holland Oates song all, all game long. You don't want to hear that again. Nope, not again. But unfortunately, you know what? I'll save it for tomorrow's episode. I'll save it for tomorrow's episode. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But uh, just hope for the best, prepare for the worst. That's why I say frequently on this show. That's all I'm going to say. So for Jersey Joe and myself, we thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Once again, thanks to Jersey Joe for taking the time to do this post-game reaction episode. The pleasure is always mine. As for today's episode, guys, that's of all time I have for you. So the New Jersey Devils once again came out victorious by a score of 7-4 against the Rangers. Wasn't the cleanest of games, but we got the job done, and we made the second period our period, and we made Shashirskin look outright foolish. And I think we should be very proud of our overall effort, and hopefully the New Jersey Devils are back after what they were able to do after uh, the All-Star break. So... Once again, as for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you guys. Thanks for listening. Continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. Once again, hit me up on my personal Twitter page, at TreyMatt4, at LockedOnDevils. If you are watching on YouTube, please leave a comment below. Also, subscribe. You guys got about a week and a couple days before I possibly do a giveaway if I reach 100 subscribers. I am right now about 26 away from that, so Tell your friends, tell your colleagues, tell whomever to subscribe to Locked On Devils on YouTube so that way we can do the giveaway and I can thank you guys for all the support. So once again, I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening.